Welcome, listeners, to episode two of Dads, Papas and Father Figures, the show that honours the best title a man can get. I'm Stephen, your host and proud dad myself. Each episode will bring you a personal interview with another dad willing to share his proudest wins, epic failures and the home truths that hit when you have children. Grab a coffee, start your engine and let's embark on this life sentence together. Welcome to Dads, Papas and Father Figures. We have a very special guest, arguably the best guest yet, I would say. I'd agree with that. Better than better um, than the first episode. <laughs> I've not even listened to that, I bet it was rubbish. <laughs> I wouldn't. It's just, just get straight to the episode two, that's my advice. Yeah. Episode one was like a soft opening, wasn't it? It was like, just check all the equipment works. Just but just making sure. The guest is kind of immaterial. I He's, found him. Yeah. I found him, yeah. I didn't actually know who he was. Yeah, just wandering around. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he said he had children. Um, (laughs) (laughs) for the second episode we have a very special guest again we've got tom hello now similar to the first guest we're related we are indeed we are so i'm pulling in favors left right and center here this is my stepbrother tom stepbrother brother-in-law i always get that mixed up yeah i was gonna say like stepbrother baby we don't share a mom or a dad yeah you've married your sister i don't Uh, know if that's probably is it all the time not sure it's not right, is it? <laughs> brother-in-law. Brother-in-law, brother-in-law, yeah. We are brothers-in-law, yeah. Not like blood-related. Nothing weird. Not stepbrothers. <laughs> yeah. Just definitely related like through that. marriage. Yeah. So I'm married to Tom's sister. Yeah. So similar to Joe from last week, who is also my brother-in-law. Yeah, and my actual brother. Your actual brother, yeah. Yeah. So you might hear some similarities in the voice from last week's episode. Yeah, potentially. Yeah? Yeah. They look very like to be looking across at them. <laughs> so I'm told, yeah, he's a bit taller. I say a bit taller, he's a good two or three inches taller. It was awkward for the camera. Yeah. Couldn't fit him in. Um, Big ears. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be happy with that. What is your family dynamic for the listeners that we have on the show? Just to understand where you're coming from as a father. So mine's a very sort of... Uh, What's the word? Like conventional, I guess. Family set up. Traditional. So, tr- yeah, traditional, I suppose. You've got to be careful not to... It's difficult to say that these days, but yeah. Um, I'm married to Annabelle, my wife, and we've got two kids. We've got a one-year-old boy. Oscar, he's just turned one, and we've got a three-year-old girl, Elena. She was three in March. And we've got Santi, the dog, the Labrador, who's about four and a half, five now. So we're very much the living the dream... 2.4 kids and a dog <laughs> and uh yeah just ticking every box that you think you should do at this stage of your life <laughs> i'm glad to, i'm glad to mention the dogs that's quite important it is yeah i think annabelle would be furious if i hadn't mentioned him as part of the family so i'm a, technically a dad of three i suppose you could say also i noticed as well um so i probably i think i said eleanor's name wrong because you put like a, a bit of a different twist uh, yeah is this from the, the spanish roots you've got a bit of a different twist on it yeah, I mean, to be honest, this is it's quite a it's a conversation point in our family a little bit because we originally just thought we'd call her Elena, um, but because my wife is Spanish, she does get called Elena quite a lot, but with the Geordie twang up here, a lot of people call her Elena, so even at three years old, she's aware that at nursery, she's 
Elena. Mm-hmm. Sometimes with daddy, she's Elena. And with mummy, she's and granddad and grandma or abuelo y abuela, the Spanish side of the family, nice. she's Elena. So, Elena. And she sometimes I call her Elena just to test her. And she goes, no, daddy, that's my nursery name, which is quite weird. So, But yeah. That's quite cool that she can like segregate them and go, mm-mm, yeah. not here. I've definitely got more content out of that than I should, but yeah, essentially her name is Elena. Is that's what she gets called more than any any other name? And like in the house, in the house, yeah, and Ellie for short. Yeah, well, I might stick to that to be to keep it, but I might try and learn to put that slight twang on it to make it sound better. The Elena, it, yeah. yeah, it does sound good. It's funny in Spain, even every name gets a bit of a, a twang on it. Even mine, Tom. I thought, how can you put a Spanish twang on that? And they call me Tom. Tom. Yeah, it's like how can you like Tom? Yeah. And Oscar, our little one, is Oscar. Oscar. So Elena calls it, doesn't call him Oscar, she calls him Oscar. I like which is, it. Yeah. <laughs> which is quite good. What cool. about Annabelle? Is it just Annabelle? Uh, Annabelle. Annabelle. Yeah. You're getting pretty good with the Spanish as well. <laughs> I see, I see. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Gracias. I'd like to know how becoming a dad has changed your perspective on life. It's quite a big, profound question, that one, isn't it? A tough, it's a tough second question, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if anything I could say is probably any different to what a lot of dads would say, but I think inherently you become less selfish. I remember thinking about my lifestyle before, like being a dad and stuff, and sitting down London at the time, and, you know, after work, if someone from work said, oh, let's go for a pint, you wouldn't think twice about it. But now you, you definitely kind of have to manage your time a lot more because you, you're literally responsible for keeping someone alive. So it's quite important. Yeah. So I think in terms of perspective in life, and probably, I don't think I was particularly selfish before, but I'm definitely less selfish than I was because I think everyone's a little bit selfish with their young, free and single, aren't they? Um, what I think in as I've grown into fatherhood, I've kind of realised that you do need to take life less seriously. Um, I think you can overthink being a dad too much. Certainly when I was early on, I probably did that a little bit too much. Um, and now I'm just trying to enjoy like being a bit of a kid. Elders at a great age now, Oscar's just coming at this age now where you can be a bit of a kid yourself with them now. It's mm-hmm. not just about changing nappies and feeding them and keeping them alive and you know trying to get through that sort of baby stage. Not that you want to wish that time away at all, but being able to play with them kind of reminds you actually having kids is supposed to be fun and enjoyable. And yeah. we try and go on like, as many holidays and trips as we can and stuff just sort of to bring that out. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, not that's really changed my perspective sometimes, but it's kind of reiterated like life short. So you've got to make the most of it kind of thing, especially your time with your kids when they're this age. They're both awesome points. Like the idea of, um, like I, I certainly wouldn't have called you selfish beforehand, but you definitely suddenly, your, your world is much bigger than just your insular world, isn't it? And you, you have to think about everything around you. And being able to play is really important and something I have to remind myself about all the time. I think I spoke yeah. about it on last week's as well, that I have to remind myself to do that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I think life gets boring. We have jobs. We've got things to pay for. And you can quite easily just be worrying about the things that kids aren't bothered about that they don't care for. <laughs> 100%. I mean, even Annabelle probably had to remind me a couple of times in the early days, especially when Eleanor was little, you like you'd... Because I worked from home, you'd, you'd go upstairs to your office, work for all day, then you'd come downstairs and you're straight into that a- evening routine. And it was like, 
there wasn't much time for for play so it's like you do have to when you do have that short window don't just sit down and relax and watch tv for 20 minutes half an hour an hour like actually try and do something and yeah you don't do it every single night but as much as possible i think you know and when i'm much better at that she's always been pretty good at it but i think i'm getting better at it now it's really hard as well and like in a world where you've got so many distractions and things and we've like promised ourselves that we would um we bought like uh, an ornamental box yeah. So that's the small one over there, but there's a big one that's in the living room. I thought that was somebody's ashes. I didn't want to ask. Just look a bit like that. <laughs> it's Nana, right there. Uh, we, uh, we, we bought it um, when I, I bought it when we were in Helvellyn with my brothers because my idea was, and we're still sort of getting better at it, was yeah. that when we get in the house after work, that I would put my phone in the box. Okay. Because I just found myself. You do that thing where there's always someone to text. There's yeah, always yeah. someone to reply. There's some silly thing to watch. And I realized I was probably spending too much time on it, especially when like Leon notices it or something. And then I'm like, that's not a good sign if he's yeah, noticed yeah. it. So I'm trying to get better at, at seeing it and going, right, in the box. And now until he goes to bed, I don't. whatever happens on that device doesn't matter. I can just enjoy being with him sort of thing. Well, it's funny you say that because I remember watching a TED Talk. Paul, if you were can reference TED Talks in this, and uh, yeah. there was that famous one. A lot of people have probably seen it. Certainly, a lot of mums and dads with of the little girl that does it, and she talks about how playtime is as fundamental to like a kid's development, especially between the ages. I think it's like zero to eight or something like that. I, I, I won't have the, the numbers exactly right. And it was just talking about how like it's, it's a very short window. Like you can play with them for like five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes. But if you do that once a day, put your phone away and you actually like maintain eye contact with them and talking to them, it can actually develop your connection with that child and your bond with that child. Like really, really, like can have quite a, a big impact on that. But actually, it helps their social development and it helps them feel safe and get, builds their confidence. And it was talking about the actual science behind it and con- connects all these weird things in the brain that actually helps them. I'm explaining it, you know, much worse than that eight-year-old girl explained a it. Skim of it. Um, <laughs> it's a very high-level approach that I've I've gone for there. But no, I saw I did see something similar, uh, and it was, and the argument was, it's not like trying to say to other dads, you've got to commit your, your whole mm. afternoon to them. It was saying like if you can give like half an hour of dedicated time where yeah you know depending on the age or whatever dedicated time that you will just enjoy them leading the play and just go with whatever they go for and just have that connection without any distractions at all that that the effects are huge because then they understand that this is like pure time where they get to really enjoy all of your sort of thing well that's it you know the, the five six seven eight minutes whatever i mentioned it's not like about watching your clock and going right that's me eight minutes done now i'm gonna go back on my phone but just by doing it and being silly like you, you you enjoy it yourself and you become more relaxed yourself like sounds like such a cliche but dancing around the kitchen like that's not something i would would normally come quite naturally to me but ellie just like drags you into that and i can imagine knowing ellie yeah she would drag you into that yeah <laughs> But once you like get let go and go, it doesn't matter if Annabelle's recording this or like people are going to see it or whatever. Like it's important that she just remembers this time. Then you just you start enjoying it. And yeah, yeah. It's much. Yeah, I'd much rather be that dad than the dad that sat there going, "Oh, I feel a bit awkward about it." That comes, I think, with that lack of selfishness as well. That you suddenly just start to enjoy getting involved mm. a lot more. Uh, I wait. I have to. I think Catherine's a lot better at it than me. Yeah, Annabelle's better at it than me. Yeah. Catherine is really good at just being as silly as she likes yeah, i think yeah. i'm good at the like preparing something big like i'll make something 
grand to, for yeah. us to play with like a ridiculous toy or I'll make a big mm. scenario he'll come home and I've set the whole house out for like Flora's Lava or something wow um, that's good you know like with just random objects sort of thing but that's inspiring I like that <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's because I have to like have a task to, to yeah. be able to get involved with whereas Catherine can just be in the moment right this is the game we're on and we're playing yeah yeah uh, I have to sort of prepare mentally <laughs> yeah that's fair enough I think it's whatever works isn't it I've I've had to like trick myself into it and get, get used to it and I think it comes much more naturally now just with practice weirdly it's a weird thing to say about having fun practice having fun no but it's hard it's hard yeah. you forget to have fun as an adult like yeah but this is part of doing this podcast like I think sometimes you get to have hobbies as well and yeah, yeah. especially uh, dads I think are really guilty of uh, not speaking to as many of their friends and things like that and definitely dropping hobbies like they're hot because there's other stuff to do there's money Mm. to be made or something and then they decide suddenly what is my hobby sort of thing and Mm. this is where i I decided to sort of come up with this a bit because i was like well i love technology and editing things and stuff let's bring a hobby back to the table what's the other thing that i sort of relate to yeah being a dad and doing dad stuff yeah so the, the two make sense and i've got very kind guests to come on and have a go it's a pleasure never a chore what parenting myths slash hacks slash ideologies really boil your piss one that immediately springs to mind it's a bit of a random one is this thing about food it really boils my piss to use your phrase when you see parents fussing over a kid's eating and food and what they can and can't eat and you know being really prescriptive about you can't eat that you can't drink this an example was um, we were out in a restaurant, I can't remember, ages ago, and Ellie was eating something, and she asked for some ketchup on her, like on the side of her food. We were like, yeah, we let her have ketchup. And there was a little boy in the next table, and he turned around to his mummy and went, mummy, what's that girl eating? And she said, she's eating something called tomato sauce. That's something that some parents let their kids eat. <laughs> and I think it was with my mum at the time I think she noticed it I can't remember who was there I remember just thinking you know you don't know anything about me as a parent or anything about my child and actually Ellie if you put any plate of food in her whether it's got ketchup on it or not she eats it like she we're very lucky both the kids are great eaters and w- one thing Annabelle always said to me which I think is quite good is we try not to although you, you fall into the trap quite easy of talking about things like ice cream and chocolates being treats if they want it and it's there all right have it don't make a big deal of it and the same with with any kind of food like if she's eating prawns or something like that like if she doesn't want to eat it just go all right okay well there's nothing else so you know it's there if you want it and and that's kind of trained her over time just to eat it but it's this thing the thing that winds up is oh they can't eat this they shouldn't eat that and I know there's like different sort of ideologies of like, you know, veganism and, you know, that that's kind of different. That's not really what I mean. Although I haven't said that, I have been to a, a child's vegan birthday party, third birthday party, and his parents were both vegan and all the food was vegan. Even his birthday cake was vegan. Yeah, I don't believe that cake and, chose veganism yet. Well, I didn't choose that birthday cake that was left over. <laughs> and I, I, it takes a lot for me to put things in the bin, but that was not an edible birthday cake. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's the sort of, you know, forcing kids to eat that really drives me mad and you know saying don't eat that because you know it's too fatty or it's too sugary and you know yeah don't play your kids full of sweets and sugar and all the rest of it 
moderation all the rest of it but at the same time don't make I, I hate it when people make a big deal out of it yeah um really sort of winds me up because i just think the more you do that the more you get focus on like fussiness yeah and it brings a whole <laughs> negativity to to food which like you should enjoy and we have like a, a, a treat drawer for instance um which which he knows is full of treats sort of thing but but leo's a good eater as well though isn't he yeah yeah leo's a pretty good eater most of the time but again like apart from wanting him to eat up what's in front of him we don't really find him like sending food back or anything like that, and we don't really pander to the idea that he's going to send loads of stuff back yeah yeah the sim- similar sort of thing it's like well you might be a bit hungry then <laughs> like yeah, yeah we're not going to make a huge fuss over it but equally i'm not going to make sure he finishes every morsel on the plate mm-hmm. but it made me think of like when i was a kid i had a really good close friend in like primary school and it's it's probably not the case but my memory of it was that his family were really strict mm. on like having a treat like yeah, having yeah. a wagon wheel out the cupboard so he would then sneak it and mm-hmm. he would be like devious about it to get the wagon wheel and go get it out the cupboard and then he'd yeah, be like yeah. do you want one and I always thought it was really weird because I was like in our house we could just go get like, what you want yeah I want a pack of crisps I'll just go get a pack of crisps mm-hmm. and I think it was almost a healthier way of dealing with food because we just then weren't bothered because it wasn't a treat it wasn't on a pedestal it was just yeah, yeah. just a snack that mm-hmm. we might be able to have right, is there any other things that really bug, bug you uh, in terms of um, sort of myths and things like that I think I'll, co- I'll definitely contradict this later on in the in, in the, the chat but um, you know that thing about you know staying calm and you know when kids are kicking off sometimes you're tired and you're hungry and you've had a long day that kid just needs to be told off in a firm way because <laughs> in life, people are, can we say minus swear words on this? Yeah. People are arseholes. Yeah, so that's a good one. <laughs> they need to see you as being a bit of an arsehole sometimes, especially when they're pushing their luck because people don't tolerate it in real life. That is a really good shout. It's not that you want your kids to be like scared of you or anything, but it, you know, the world isn't going to just completely speak beautifully to you and like, allow you to do whatever you want to do. Sometimes it's going to bite back a little bit. Completely that. I mean, I certainly don't want Ellie to be scared. I mean, I know Annabelle doesn't either, but I mean, even tonight she was pushing her luck today. Like she'd been on, a, on just one of those days. And tonight it was like, you're not getting a bedtime story. And I was a three-year-old that breaks your heart. Yeah, because uh, that's one of the best bits. It's right? one of the best bits of their day, like especially when they're going to bed. That's and the best bit of your day sort of thing. Like, yeah. You want to do that, yeah. Exactly that. You want to snuggle up and read read a book and, you know, put them down to bed in a nice way. And we've never followed through on that as far as I can remember. But tonight we did. Oh, really? Because it, it was just too much. You should have cancelled. She got told off. No, no, it's just... And, you know, you walk out that room and you think she's not getting a bedtime story tonight and it's the first time she hasn't had one in years and you feel guilty, but at the same time, there's got to be consequences to your actions and I'm not a strict dad at all and Annabelle's not a particularly strict mum at all, but, yeah, just that myth that, you know, everything's all, you know, oh, you know, sit them down and, you know, you read all these things online about, you know, don't have time out, have, what's this stupid thing that I read recently, don't have time out, have, oh, I can't remember what it was, but it's basically where if your kid's kicking off sit them on the stairs but sit with them and don't talk don't necessarily talk to them just let them cry it out and say I'm here when you're ready and it's like yeah but that doesn't work at like 8.30 in the morning you've got to be at work in half an hour and you know you're trying to get out of the house or you're going to a family event and you know you're already running late or 
Whatever it is, yeah, that's great if you've got all the time in the world. If you're off yeah. on a Saturday and know where to be, yes, like that's a lesson you can, you can take that time. But it, it is like the Instagram versus reality, and I've, I've definitely a- attempted that sort of technique before. Oh yeah, and on occasion, it seemed like a good answer, but like you say, it doesn't really fit though. Like it, it's not always an ideal solution at the time. It doesn't really work. It's not. Sometimes you need a quick fix, and sometimes a quick fix is just brush your teeth. <laughs> When would you say that you've absolutely smashed fatherhood? It's going to sound like, I don't mean this to sound big head, but there's, there's like lots of little things that you can think of, like nice holidays, like, you know, you're like swimming in the pool and things like that. Like we were on holiday like a couple of weeks ago and, you know, Ellie is really confident with me in the pool and like, I, I love that. Like she's like just swimming her own and swimming there and having a great time. There's, there's moments like that. And Oscar's great in the pool as well. And, you know, he's, you know, quite confident with Annabelle and I there but she's probably quite confident as own. but I think the two times more recently that I can think of aren't sort of like big oh we had this amazing day because we're very lucky we have like days like that you know where you go out for the day or you go on nice holidays and we've got make lots of nice memories and they're more just like smashing it as a family I think rather than me specifically as a dad but I think good answer <laughs> was, that, was that for Annabelle <laughs> That was a great answer. <laughs> I came up with that myself. That was just normal. Uh, that was just me just, you know, spit the dust. But, I'll uh, tag her. I'll tag her yeah, in that. <laughs> yeah, just like tag her onto that 26 minutes in or whatever it is. Uh, but with Oscar, he's just started nursery and Oscar has generally been the coolest cucumber you can imagine as a, as a baby. He's dead chilled out. Um, and Ross says like she's he's more like my personality was Ellie's a bit more like like Annabelle and he's just you know full of smiles all the time you know loves a cuddle um, and Ellie when she went to nursery she transitioned like she, they brought in for a transition day and they were like you may as well bring us a full day tomorrow she's she loves it yeah. so with him we were like if she was like that this guy is going to be absolutely freewheeling it he'll be class um, he has struggled massively. He didn't make it through half an hour the first time he went in. You know, we eventually built him up to an hour after like a week. We've only, he's been in, and then we went on holiday in between times. He's only this last week managed to last a full day. But <clears throat> it's not, that's not really what, <clears throat> excuse me, what I'm referring to, the, the bit that kind of rather selfishly and really plays into my ego <laughs> is that um, they rang me when he'd been in for like a couple of hours and they're like you need to come pick him up you know we just think he's getting a bit too distressed i take i managed my diary at work to do it and said you know i just think you just it's better to come pick him up so he doesn't get too distressed and we'll try him again tomorrow and i walked in sure enough i could hear him like crying and it wasn't like just a i'm upset it was like i'm just like i'm frustrated i'm gutted like I just where's my parents i don't feel happy in this environment yet i'm not comfortable like a proper like horrendous scream like he just wasn't happy and as soon as i walked in he turned around and he just went put his arms out like that and saw me and I just <sighs> thought you know as a a one-year-old boy like quite often especially if they've you know that Annabelle's had a full year of maternity leave you know she breastfed as well so I presume that plays quite a big part in it he's so well bonded to Annabelle it's like you know his, his mum is his world like she's just everything to him but the fact that I went walked into a room full of strangers and he saw me and he's cuddled into me and he stopped crying straight away I was just like 
like a bit of reassurance, like, oh, you know, I know yeah. he does like love me because he laughs and smiles and he gives me cuddles and stuff at home, but it was just like... But yeah, that's a full-on recognition of who you are to him and why you're so important to him. So Exactly that, yeah. And you could see the looks on the nursery workers' faces. They were relieved. They were like, oh, finally he's settled down. And I was just like, it was class that I was able to give him that kind of comfort and think, you know, it's not just his, his mum. Like, obviously, his, he'll always put the two of us in, you know... Column A or column B, he's always going to pick column A with his mum is. Don't get me wrong. I am not under any illusions, but um, it was just, yeah, that was one moment. And then the second moment, I think, and I don't want to make out that Ellie's always kicking off, um, but she is. She's at that age. Um, no, she's she's like so funny. She's an absolute like delight a lot of the time, but she is at that sort of, she's just turned three, so she's very much at that challenging stage. She's a bright girl as well, which I think plays into it. Yeah, she's super, super bright. Yeah, she, she she knows what she likes. She knows what she's into. Like she, this is it. But it's just the whinging at that age that you just can't. Just drives you mad, doesn't it? <laughs> but anyway, we were on holiday and she was just there. We were like, oh, we had a great morning in in the flat that we we're staying in. We're like, oh, we're walking to the centre of Madeira where we we're staying. Go and grab a nice breakfast, some nice coffee. It's a lovely morning. And forever, I can't remember what it was, but she just had one of these meltdowns started off a bit whingy and it just escalated, escalated, escalated and we'd been in such a great mood and she just went absolutely spare in the middle of the street and it just was like one of those like, you know, off the Richter scale kind of kickoffs. And we're like, right, okay, how to deal with this? So I thought, well, I was I was t- telling the host, I thought, well, I'll, I'll deal with this and, you know, you, you know your own kids, I think, like, I know it sounds like a weird thing to say, but you know how to get them out of that and Annabelle and I definitely know how to get her out of that kind of frame of mind now sometimes it's easy to snap at them but a lot with that it's it's more about letting her work through it and settling back down and anyway we were stood trying to I was Annabelle's kind of taking a step back while she's letting me deal with it and she was looking after Oscar and I was just letting her sort of play through it and this old lady bless her little heart crossed the road and in perfect English put her hand in front of my chest and went let me deal with this straight away it just put me back up because I just thought who the hell are you to tell me how to look after my my little girl that is really creepy and weird <laughs> and I kind of you know sort of went into myself for a slight moment where you think sometimes as a bloke maybe I'm being sexist you, you lose a bit of confidence in you know how to be a dad at times and you think I'm a good dad and you're always trying to you think things and you, know, you work on things and I thought, oh, well, she's a, an old lady. She's obviously got kids, probably got grandkids. She probably knows how to do with kids. I let her try and deal with it. For a split second, that th- thought just went through my head and she stepped forward towards Ellie and Ellie freaked out. This strange like woman in a foreign country she'd never met before was trying to settle her down. And not only that, was trying to like put her hand on her shoulder and she just got up and just started running up the street. And then she was like daddy daddy and like really freaking out and I was like it's all right so I walked towards her and as I got closer the lady came up to me again she went no 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 I'll speak to her I'll speak to her and she said this crazy and she's... she was there with her husband they were on her way to church because we're right next to this church what was she did she say was she British or was she Spanish she was Portuguese Portuguese okay and she was um she was like Madeiran and she was oh, sorry, st- yeah, stepping yeah. forward you in Spain sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. and she was took another step forward and straight away Ellie just like step back again and then she'll run into the road which she knows not to do so I've gone from having a three-year-old child who's kicking off to I'm getting to the point here three-year-old <laughs> child is kicking off to a three-year-old child is kicking off and now running into the yeah, road yeah now it's escalated 
And I stepped forward to deal with the situation and she went to do it again. And she's like, no, no, darling, I'll deal with this. And I just very sternly turned around and went, you're scaring my daughter. Just step back and let me deal with it. Or words to that effect. I can't remember the exact words, but it was something like that. It started off with, you're scaring my daughter. I know how to deal with my daughter. And straight away, she kind of, she reverted back on herself and she realized she'd overstepped the mark. And I went up and Ellie straight away jumped up on me and just gave me this big cuddle. And then she started to settle down and, you know, she managed to get her back in that place. And, and immediately afterwards, I was thinking, was I a bit rude to that lady? Like, should have dealt with it in a different way. I don't, and then I don't I, think so. And then eyes. as I rationalised it myself, I just thought, no, I know my daughter. I've spelled, like seen it every single day of her life pretty much for the three and a bit years that she's been alive, apart from the odd night I've been away with work. I know when she's in a great place. I know when she's in a, you know, she's in a whingy place and when she's in a like meltdown phase and, and how to get her out of each of those situations. And yeah, there's lots of times you don't deal with it very well. But in that moment, I was in the right frame of mind to go, right, we've got time. We can sit and let her calm down. We can talk with her and tell her what she's done wrong. And I was well within my rights to tell this random stranger who thought she knew better. Yeah, you might be a very experienced older lady who knows how to look after kids, but you don't know my daughter and you don't know how to do this and actually just freaking her out and I just thought it was it was a moment where I thought yeah I've got confidence in my own ability as a dad I need to project that more yeah. especially in a moment where it makes my daughter feel safe and yes yeah, so I just thought in that moment I did the right thing as a dad and I, I, I know explain it again a lot of people were going well yeah of course you did the right thing like you should have done that the first time but it's quite easy sometimes to like second guess yourself when yeah. someone's being nice as well in that situation yeah of course and, that, to and to be fair that is a, quite a weird <clears throat> situation to find yourself in like i don't know how i'd react if someone stepped in i'd, th- I'd probably for a moment be a little bit taken aback as well and be like well, what's going on right now <laughs> and then and then almost let it play out just to see what's happening because well, this is really weird well i thought about it and i thought had that been a, a bloke for example and not even just a bloke like a bloke in his 30s or 40s a, not for a like a millisecond would i've tolerated it you're going no Cheers, mate. I'm yeah, fine. <laughs> like, I would have, been, like, that situation would have escalated much sooner and, and, you know, he would have been put in his place a lot sooner. But because she was a nice, well-dressed, you know, well-spoken, obviously educated, older lady. Off to church. Or off whatever. to church with her yeah. husband, linking arms. But she had the, I'm going to say, arrogance to tell me how to deal with my screaming three-year-old child. And three times told me, darling, I will deal with this. I just thought, I'll deal with it step back and then I just thought in that moment that was me being a good dad and I should have done that the first time yeah and well again I would I'd say not to beat yourself up because it's such an unusual situation like mm. to to understand where to go first with it that is very very weird though it feels weird now looking back on it at the time I was just like oh you know but I think I don't know maybe it's kind of my brain playing tricks because if it was like one of our grandmothers, for example, like my mum or Annabelle's mum, I probably would have stepped back because sometimes, you know, because I know she would feel safe with a grandparent and sometimes it's better someone else trying to sort of tell them off as well or, or calm them down rather than tell them off. So I would have, if like Annabelle's mum or my mum had said, let me, I'll have a quick word of that, I'd probably go, all right then, give it a try. But And, and my brain was almost going, well, she's obviously like an old, like yeah. grandmother kind of figure. And it was only after like the third time I was just like, just leave us alone. Like, go to church and piss off. What about a time that you absolutely failed fatherhood? Like, you look back on that moment of 2020 vision and go, 
ah, that was a what an idiot. That was so stupid. That didn't work. <laughs> At times where I haven't really shown. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> I think with Oscar, it's been like not remembering that he's like still really, really little. It's really easy to do that to yeah. forget where they're at. Like, yeah, computationally. If that's the right word for it, but like, not coming. You know, like logically, where where are they at? It's really hard to understand. I remember when Lee was a baby, crying in the other room, mm. and I said to Catherine something along the lines of, "He knows what he's doing." Mm. And Catherine went, "He doesn't. He's a baby." And he really was a baby. And I went, yeah. "He knows. He knows if we go in there, he's going to shut up and he's going to get what he wants." And she went, "He's a baby. He's crying because he needs something." Mm. And and I was in that moment of tiredness and like illogical thinking was just convinced <laughs> that my kid in the other room was really switched on and had a definite idea of like a game that he was playing with us and he didn't he didn't have a clue <laughs> oh like yeah that's exactly what i'm referring to and like i think with us it's been times when you're changing his nappy and he's he's at that stage where he's, he can walk now and he's just moving about he cut he's, he can't sit still because he's just so excited that he can get everywhere but he changes nappy and he's done this massive number two and it's like everywhere and you're trying to tie it up and he just wants to roll around and move and like sometimes you're like just sit still like I'm getting it everywhere and then you clean it up you're getting ready and you think oh that, you that, that, was, that wasn't <laughs> a nice thing to say or I don't know when Ellie's been like really bad and I've been tired and I've like like properly told her off like later on you think and like it's really made her upset like she's like you can tell she's you know, oh, daddy doesn't know me talking like that. Later on, you go, oh, I wish I hadn't hadn't done that. It, it's hilarious because it's it's the it's the joke that kids do it. So so you'll not give a kid the pudding they wanted or something, and they'll lose it. And you're like, that's a re- overreaction. And then as an adult, fifteen minutes later, they'll do something relatively not that bad. Yeah, yeah. And you'd be like, ah, oh, and you'd be absolutely livid for a second that they did that thing. Leo yeah. uh, broke some spaghetti earlier, dry yeah. spaghetti was just whacking it off the side of the, the kitchen because I was getting out to make dinner. Yeah. And he whacked it and it just shattered into pieces. It's dry spaghetti. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It, it It's not that bad. But in no, the moment, no. I was like, what are you playing at? <laughs> what, yeah. Why did you just do that? Because <laughs> there's spaghetti everywhere. But it's not like... What are you doing? It's not yeah. like tomato sauce has gone everywhere. I was like, what are you playing at? <laughs> yeah. Like, and on reflection, I was like, he was just messing around and it's, it's dry spaghetti on the floor. And then I sweeped it up and it wasn't a problem, but... This For a moment, it. it was a massive problem to me. <laughs> but it is in the moment when you're tired and, and all the rest of it. And I, yeah, Oscar's great at getting me on that. Like when he won't sleep or something, or when he's going through his bad sleep phase, and you tell him off, not for not sleeping, but you're like, oh, why won't you just sleep? You, know, you get really frustrated, and then you're trying to settle him down, and you think, oh, why have I done that? But I can't think of one moment actually of. I was trying to think, there must be a moment where I was like, I can cut I, to this. I didn't, yeah, <laughs> cut out all the boring bits because ghost shit is. Um, we were in Wagamama's when Ellie was going back to another Ellie story because she's obviously a lot, <laughs> been around a lot longer than Oscar. But um, we're in Wagamama's one time. She was just at the stage of like eating like everything. She was like, she was well into solids, like eating solid foods. And Anna's always been really good at like try this, try this, and she would try things. And she saw my um, uh, had some bow buns, and she was like. Point and she wanted some. I was like, "Yeah, try some bar ones, you know." Like, oh, you're a better dozen me already. I'd have been like, "Definitely not." Did you order it? Then no. <laughs> I, t- I tore off the tiniest bit. Though, yeah. <laughs> um, but what I did was I tore it off and I went to give it like that, and she was like, oh, "Put it straight into her mouth." Instantly, like 
floods of tears, like hysterical tears. And I was like, what have I done? What have I done? I was like, sh-. and I was like, it must be spicy. I was like, it's not spicy. It's not spicy. It was just like pulled pork or something. So I, and I hadn't realized they'd put it on a, um, like a wasabi garnish. So she just put like a big massive chunk of wasabi in her mouth and she was like 18 months or something like that. She absolutely lost it. What advice would you give to the dads out there, even if it's hypocritical? So any dads that might be listening on the drive now or on the commute yeah. or putting a baby to bed or anything like that, what, what kind of advice might you give them, give them? Dads that are already dads or, or does it, or big about dads or kind doesn't matter. Yeah. Because if they're not dads and they listen to this, then yeah. then they're very confident that they're, <laughs> they're going anyway. So, so yeah, I think people that maybe new dads are are think very crazy. dads that maybe because part of this is sorry to interrupt. That's fine. I think part of the reason of the podcast is to have something to relate to as well because mm. it is so hard. It's a minefield out there, and there's so many different ways to go at it. And part of this is just sort of relating and being able to feel that you're not alone in this wildness that is being dad. Yeah. I think really quickly on the dads that aren't dads yet, and it's something I wish someone had said to me, is that, yeah, it is hard. Yeah, there's times that you're going to be tired and you're going to be up at four o'clock in the morning, you're going to wish you had a better night's sleep, but it is genuinely worth it. Like, I was definitely one of those dads that always thought I wanted to be a dad, but the second I I knew I was definitely going to be a dad, I started panicking and thinking... Am I going to be good enough? Like, am I going to be able to? Like, am I going to have the wisdom to like teach them stuff? And like, yeah, I, can, I know how to keep someone alive. I've had pets and stuff. It's fairly basic, like feed and water thing. them and clean them, it's and exactly the same clothe thing. them. But um, like, actually being a good dad, a dad at the look back on and go, oh yeah, he's he's class. But you grow into it. But I just think, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely worth it, and you will love something more than you've ever loved anything before in your entire life. So just don't worry about your current selfish ways; they will change. Like, unless you're a bit of a twat and then they won't but you know just if it doesn't change that's unhealthy isn't it yeah yeah. I was going to say that earlier on when you first mentioned the idea of like it sort of opens that up a little bit yeah that if it didn't change you in any way and you still had like a, an inward focused mind yeah purely on number one that would be messed up yeah and I'm sure there are well there are definitely dads out there but if you're just like your, your average Joe dad as you've, you've mentioned before then yeah you will just or you have as your person, should I say, you'll, you'll you'll grow into it and you'll love it. And yeah, you, the kids that you find annoying that, other, that are other people's kids, your kids will do this, display the same behaviours and you won't find them as annoying. Like I find other people's kids, like some other people's kids are really annoying, but then I sometimes notice oh, my kids doing similar sort of things. And I, yeah. I can tolerate it because they're my kids. I love them so much. Um, so that's one thing. Yeah, it's still, it's worth it. You, t- you will be tired. There will be times of frustration, but it, it, the there's far more highs than lows in terms of dads that are already dads it's a bit weird because like i'm sure they're thinking well they're no expert and i'm certainly no expert so it's kind of just like you know spitting the breeze of it but it's i think the advice i'd say is have confidence in yourself you know no one is born a perfect dad and no one is a perfect dad so it's just like let yourself grow into it. Kind of what we said before, let yourself like be fun, like enjoy it, like be silly. I need to just even now remind myself to do that sometimes. You know, make memories, inverted commas, you know, do those <laughs> kind of things as well. I'm rubbish at like booking things. I'm so much better at that, but you know, I love it. Those are the best the best things. 
Um, and then he said things that are hypocritical. A child does not react well a lot of the time when you do get like angry at them or realize there are times you need to go just get in the car just brush your teeth shock them in that moment but it's not a sustainable way of parenting uh, not that i do that a lot but you, you notice that i mean you'll know that as well the few times you do it only works in certain situations and certain times but you can't be that sort of arsehole dad every day where you're no. shouting and you know being really angry all the time yeah we've joked about it like a little bit in this in this episode but it's it's not a sustainable sort of this is how i do it full yeah. time sort of thing it's it's a it's a quick fix or it's a hmm. it's a thing that you've almost got to bank like you can yeah it's up your sleeve you get some of them you yeah get a, you get a few of these a week or a few of these a day yeah. or something like they're not they're yeah, not yeah. your, your go-to solution but they're they're like your little talking sort of thing yeah it's like turbo mode in your car if you press the button too many times you're going to wreck the engine yeah, like you yeah. can't you can't keep on going into turbo mode and yeah for all you know i would take the the mick out of all those online blogs and stuff about keeping calm or rest and sitting down the step the principle of it is is i think is pretty accurate if your kid's kicking off try and be as calm as possible and it's hard at four o'clock in the morning or something where they just won't sleep or whatever um but you keep reminding yourself that they're a kid and this is normal and it's part of their development and just you and just try to be as calm as possible and then don't try and educate them in that moment where they're absolutely up a height let them come out of it and then even like an hour later just remind them of it you know when you were kicking off there or you did that thing that wasn't great like you know made mummy and daddy really upset and switched through them but i think things like that they it seems to resonate more with them um, then just shouting at them and telling you don't do this don't do that it, in in my experience and yeah the last thing just to kind of reiterate my first point is just en- enjoy it as much as possible because you know you always laugh at your own parents and they say oh, I remember when you were this height it feels like five minutes ago and you know enjoy your time but you I can't believe Ellie's over three now and I can't believe Oscar's just turned one like I still think of him as a little baby but actually he's, he's been here for like over a year now yeah and it feels like two minutes ago that we were in that hospital when he just come like was just born. Like these, these are like before we know we'll all be like fifty and sixty and thinking about retirement. And the kids will be off for uni and stuff. Like that. We end on a dad joke. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm one of those really annoying people that says, "Oh, I know I've got loads of jokes, I just can't remember them." But there's one that always springs to my mind, which I always pull out because I can tell it in English and in Spanish, but I'll definitely tell it in in English. Right. Um, and it's one that probably everyone's heard and it always makes Annabelle laugh I mean she'll deny it but it does and it definitely makes Ellie laugh um, so two monkeys in a bath we heard it yeah <laughs> but for the listeners it's okay but it's just it's just so simple but it just works every time two monkeys in a bath and one says to you there Susan says we'll put some cold water in then Still good. I still think it works. I still think it works. (laughs) In Spanish? Uh, Annabelle's going to say this is terrible Spanish. Dos manos en el baño. Uh, El primero se dice. El otro se dice. Necesitas más agua frío. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, mine's not necessarily a joke, uh, but I'll give it a shot. You've taken my Microsoft Office. I will find you, and I will kill you. You have my word. <laughs> I mean, that is the most Stephen Gregory joke I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> You've got my word. Thank you for listening to episode two of Dads, Papas, and Father Figures. And thank you to Tom, our dad, for sharing his wisdom and putting all of this parenting malarkey to bed once and for all. If you know a dad that would like to come on and give us a little peek into their psyche, then please email the podcast at dpafpod at gmail.com. That's d-p-a-f-f-pod at gmail.com. And as is tradition, please find this show on any of your social medias. That's dpathpod again. Follow us on your podcast app, and if you do nothing else before you go to sleep tonight, leave a comment. Happy Father. <laughs>